I'm George Faust. I'm Karaski Melvin, and this is Inside Cajun Nation. KLFY and the University of Louisiana at Lafayette present Inside Cajun Nation. Sponsored by Dudley DeBosier, official injury lawyers of the Louisiana Rage and Cajuns. Welcome to Inside Cajun Nation. I'm Karaski Melvin. On tonight's show, Special Director George Faust sits down with Louisiana golf coach Theo Sliman. Plus, we take a look at softball's latest Sunbelt series. That's on deck first, Raging Cajun Baseball. Let's continue to get better this week, and uh, I, we need to see a good start out of Sam Hill. You know, you can't take anything for granted with, with who you're playing because baseball's a funny game, and if you give people stuff, if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile, and they're, you're going to put your back against the wall. That was Cajun baseball head coach Matt Deggs ahead of Louisiana's five days of baseball. This was also after a home sweep of Arkansas State. Pitcher Jackson Nezu's eight-inning, nine-strikeout game of the Red Wolves Sunday got him SBC Pitcher of the Week honors. The Cajuns hosted a couple of in-state opponents for going on the road at South Alabama. Weekend Ed included a couple of games like that, and then conference play began. Let's see that first game, shall we? And that would be against Grambling. Cajuns up 2-1 in the third. Sam Hill with the K, he had six on the game. Bottom third, Julian Brock flies out. That'll allow Heath Hood to come around, tag up, touch the dish, score. However, for Brock, that was not all for him on the night. Louisiana up 9-1 with the bases loaded. Brock bringing everybody home with a grand slam. He had two home runs in that inning. Six RBI to his credit. Cajuns win 13-1 and seven. Here's Brock and Deggs. I was just telling myself to keep my direction and just be on time. That's the most important thing. So things worked out tonight. Oh man, he's a big leaguer for sure. And uh, you know, he still has a lot to improve on with his game as far as, you know, receiving and just the finer parts of catching. But, you know, he finished the season so well offensively. He's got a natural in the outswing where the ball can travel. He never has to jump out. Uh, he can see pitches longer than anybody we have. And uh, that's what he did all fall, what you're seeing now. And he, that's the way he finished the year last year. Wednesday, Southeastern came to the Teague. Fourth inning, UL's Cooper Rawls gets Christian Garcia swinging, one of his two strikeouts on the night. Bottom of the inning, Turlings and LSU Eunice product, Peyton Lejeune with the base hit up the middle. Then a couple of batters later, Max Marshock, a shot to right field, that will get down. Lejeune would come in to score, that would make it one nothing. Louisiana will win that game to zip. You know, Matt Reiser has done a tremendous job there for a long time, and they've got good players. They played us tough, man. They scattered 10 hits, and, you know, they pitched us tough. Uh, but what can you say about Coach Tibbs' staff? I mean, that's three straight games, I think, at two hits or less, and, and uh, you know, another shutout. They're a really good team. They'll, they'll tax you if you're not putting it where it needs to be. And our pitching staff has gotten a lot better throughout these weekends, and we're starting to really figure some stuff out, and our pitching staff is getting really good. Five recent home games for the Cajuns, five home wins in a row. Louisiana took the show on the road Friday and Saturday against South Alabama, team looking to keep its conference record perfect. To Friday's game, 8-6 in the top of the seventh, Kyle DeBarge launches one. A three-run home run to make it 11-6 Cajuns. 
bottom of the eighth. It is 11-9 Louisiana. Micah Morgan going to triple to right. That's going to bring in both runners that were on base. The game was tied in 11s, at 11s rather. And then in the same inning, Mitchell here hits a go-ahead single. South Alabama snaps Louisiana's five-game win streak at that time. They win 12-11. Saturday was a doubleheader. Top of the third with a runner on in the game one. Cajuns down 2-1. However, that's not going to last for very long because John Taylor just hit a two-run shot to right field to put the Cajuns back in front. Now, we're going to continue in the third with a runner on, Julian Brock, going oppo-boppo, another Cajuns home run. That would be Brock's second big fly in the series so far. The Cajuns extend the lead to three as they put the Jags away earlier. They were looking to do that. 5-2 in the top of the six. Taylor visits the gap. Two Cajuns come around the score. Taylor would slide in safe to third. Cajuns would go on to win 22-5. Game two on Saturday, top of the first with two runners on. Brock, we talked about him, going yard. This one over the center field wall. Cajuns go up 3-0 in Mobile. Cajuns up one at the top of the third with the bases loaded. We're going to see Taylor with defense. A great gym there getting Louisiana out of a jam. He would not be done with the defense. Bottom of the four, Jags looking to put a runner in scoring position. Taylor, the sliding grab. That's an out for Louisiana. And then bottom of the sixth inning, Mason Zambo would get the ball off the bounce. That would retire the side. Cajuns would win 10-6 as they take the series in Mobile. So, how was softball's week? Stick around to find out. This is Inside Cajun Nation. This portion of Cajun Nation is brought to you by Lafayette Coca-Cola Bottling. Welcome back to Inside Cajun Nation. Cajun softball, like Cajun baseball, was perfect in their first conference series. Three straight wins in Hattiesburg against the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. In the Saturday doubleheader, Carly Heath had four extra base hits and scored seven runs, hitting for the cycle in the combined twin bill. She got SBC Player of the Week honors. Louisiana hosted App State over the weekend. Now, due to weather concerns, Friday's game time was played earlier. Heath on the mound, getting the strikeout of Kylie Rosa to end the frame. No score. The bottom of the third, runner on third. Maddie Hayden grounds to Delaney Buckner. Her throw back to home plates offline. That lets Stormy Kotzelnik score. Then, 2 nothing Louisiana. Laney Crater singles to right. Heath would come around. Cajuns would score six times in that inning. They went 8 nothing in five. Saturday, a doubleheader for the softball team. Game one, bottom of the fourth with two runners on. Sophie Piscos hits a shot to center field. That gets past the Mountaineers outfielder. That will bring in two runs for the Cajuns, who will let them take the lead early on. Now, bottom of the sixth, a runner on second. Lauren Allred goes to the center field warning track, bouncing off the wall. Heath would waltz her way to home plate, and that extends the Cajuns' lead to three. And Louisiana would keep their foot on the gas. In the sixth inning, Kayla Faltzman lays down the sacrifice bunt. Heath again coming around, scoring. That puts the Cajuns up 4-0, and they would win by that count. Game two, bottom of the third, two runners on. App State up three. Piscos hits a shot that ricochets off the pitcher. 
Runner will come around the score. That cuts the Mountaineers' lead down to two. Same inning. Two runners on. Jordan Campbell sacrifice bunt. Carly Heath, once again, familiarizing herself with home plate, scoring again, making it a one-run game. Top of the fifth, Cajuns in a jam with runners on the corners. Maddie Hayden able to bring the infield fly to get the Cajuns back to the plate. At the bottom of the sixth, Alexa Langleers sends this one to right and to the gap. Piscos with around third and score. She is safe, would tie the game at three apiece. However, Louisiana's comeback would fall short as App State would go on to win 5-3 the final. We're going to talk golf coming up next on Inside Cajun Nation. Sports Director George Faust sits down with Louisiana golf coach Theo Sliman. Welcome in to Inside Cajun Nation. Thanks so much for sticking with us. And we are glad and pleased and honored to be joined by the head golf coach for the Raging Cajuns, and that's Theo Sliman. And Coach, uh, thanks for your time again. As always, we, we love chatting with you. Uh, golf is a game I don't play well, but I can talk about it with the best of them. Well, thanks. Uh, as always, <laughs> thanks for having me on. I, I really enjoy uh, the support Cajun Nation gives our athletic department in this program. So thank you. Absolutely. Look, you've had a, a, a stretch of a couple of weeks here where you guys have been pretty busy. It's It's been a uh, quite the quite the journey. Uh, you hosted the Louisiana Classics during one of the craziest weeks in, in Cajun <laughs> athletics. Yes. Uh, didn't We didn't know that was going to happen, but it did. Indeed. And uh, so just uh, if you could just kind of refresh people's memory about what happened, uh, what, two weeks ago now that yeah. uh, your tournament with the Louisiana Classics. Well, you are, you are certainly excused for not, <laughs> for not covering the Louisiana Classics. I covered it. I, I just didn't get to get out to get it. out there because there was something pretty special going on. And what a year before we get to the Classics. You know, yeah. hats off to Coach Bob Marlin and his team. Uh, so proud of them. So happy for them. It was a, it was a team. You just saw the energy throughout the whole season, and, and it was truly inspirational. And actually, you know, trying to get our golf team to, to learn and apply some some of those lessons that they watched their basketball mm -hmm. team do. So yeah, you were out at in, in Orlando when we were, we were here at the Louisiana Classics, and it was George. It was the best one ever. I mean. Hmm. Uh, Dear friend of mine, and you know the quarterback, Brian Saunier, yeah. uh, from back in the 90s, um, he came up with an idea at the end of last year's classics, and he, he, say, he calls me Huxy, and he's like, Huxy, what's it going to take to get number nine, the Phoenix Open waste management atmosphere of college golf? <laughs> and so I told Brian, I said, Brian, it's going to take a committee and a chairperson of that committee, and I said, you're both. <laughs> so good luck. And he just, he busted his butt and, and really, it, we put bleachers behind number nine. We had about 250 people. Yeah. We flipped the nines so that the 54th hole, the final hole of the tournament was number nine. Yeah. Uh, obviously a little bit more demanding of a, of a shot there on nine than, right. than it is for uh, coming up 18. But we had uh, Uncle T's uh, did a great job catering. Um, and then also to uh, Tony Sashery's, uh, Jude Tozan there at Tony Sashery's sure. br brought the Tony Sashery's uh, mobile truck yeah. so it's sitting behind number nine you got zydeco music going on just an absolute awesome environment for the players the coaches the fans and the parents of, of these kids that travel with that they travel with you don't see that anywhere as in college golf yeah. and i can't thank brian and all the support from the vermilion links to oakbourne to the sponsors uh, all the support that we had with this tournament truly uh, 
it was exhausting, as they all are. And right, it's sure. a good exhaustion for sure. Right. But uh, we played all right. Um, we're coming down the stretch. We we finished fifth. Yeah. Um, we were close. We were four shots close to to catching LSU, which would have been a nice shot in the arm. Um, they tried to give it to us on nine. They had two doubles, uh, but it was just a little too late. Yeah. But um, you know, Texas A&M defended. Yeah. And to share with you the difference, George, we flipped number the flipped the nines. The golf course was playing firm and fast. Uh, we turned number 11 into a par four. Last year, Texas A&M shot 43 under par in 2022. Okay. We flipped the the, the, the par, tucked some pins, 100-year perfect storm of, of not irrigating the golf course for a while due to an irrigation project, four over par one. Huh. No, 14 over par, sorry, 14 over par one. So it went from 43 under to 14 over. Wow. Uh, pretty significant. You yeah, know, adjustment uh, there. Adjustment. Yeah. But uh, yeah. had uh, the reigning U.S. Amateur Champion in the field, Sam Bennett, um, he struggled. It was interesting to see the reigning U.S. Amateur Champion shoot 46 on, hmm. on his back nine. Um, but all in all, yes, the, the Classics was a, was, a, was a huge success. Hard to believe the 38th annual. You know, it's... Uh, yeah, it's a it's a long historic tournament that we're very proud of. When when you uh, when you talk about <laughs> I I remember when you were telling me about the fact that you were going to try and do that with the ninth hole or whatever. It's a it's a great idea because it's kind of it's right there. You know, you can you can make that kind of atmosphere. You can. Right? You, yeah, you, it's, it's it's it sets up for it. It lends itself to it. Well, not not only that, but from a from a team competition standpoint, you think about. No, no, no disrespect to, to, to Oakbourne's finishing holes, but 16, 17, and 18 are kind of, kind of uh, standard holes, right? Gotcha. Where you flip it and you have seven, eight, nine, where seven's a par five that's reachable in two. So you could see, you know, if we're playing head to head, I could make eagle, you could make par. That's a two-shot swing on one hole. Mm. We tipped out eight. It was playing on three's tee box for the ladies, so we added 40 yards to number eight. So you're looking at a demanding par four there, and then obviously the iconic number nine, yeah. uh, Half Island. And, yeah, and, right. and it was really cool. Um, as we're on television right now, we, it was on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, sure. So Dan McDonald uh, did, a, did a terrific job. He had Danny Jones on the tee box interviewing coaches right. and kind of uh, having that play-by-play, -play, which, was, which was really cool. And, and then obviously, you know, the, the, the great Eric. Eric Mouton from the from Raging Cajuns basketball. Uh, he was here he, before, uh, just he, a little he, bit ago. He, he was helping helping Dan out as well. So yeah. uh, I just I'm I'm so thankful for the you know you don't see that you, you don't have that support at these other tournaments we go to and look we have a heck of a schedule where we go to some big time tournaments. Mm -hmm. nothing, nothing like that. Nothing can compare to to this. So the Cajun Nation needs to be proud. Yeah. Oakbourne needs to be proud. Uh, all of the athletic department needs to be extremely proud of of, of what we've done. For, there. Let me ask you about this. I know putting on one tournament's a lot. You put one, this tournament on every year. Is there any thought to doing something in the fall too, or that that's just not not feasible because? No, no, no. Uh, I would I would absolutely. There is there has been a thought of that for sure. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, and um, yeah, it could just because I, I I mean you know hospitality seems to be our thing down here. Yeah, yeah. You know. and <laughs> then you never work. know with with Louisiana Open kind of unfortunately no yeah. longer there. We could yeah. maybe look into the future of possibly a fall um, fall event for the to, yeah. to, to, to help fill that void. Yeah, for yeah, sure. sure, absolutely. Well, look, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about the golf uh, that you guys uh, what y'all were just in. 
Houston. Houston. Yes. That's right. That's right. Uh, so they were just in Houston. We're going to talk about that. We'll talk about some of the young guys that are kind of turning some heads for Raging Cajun Golf. And we'll, we'll talk about that when we return right here on Inside Cajun Nation. Welcome back to Inside Cajun Nation. Thanks for staying up. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And uh, Coach, we did have you mentioned a little bit about the basketball and and uh, their run. That was during your Louisiana Classics, and and uh, yeah, it was it was quite a quite a cr crazy run uh, for them as they got to Orlando in, in the NCAA tournament, first time tw since 2014. Um, you have a, a, you know, obviously the goal in every sport is to get to your championship, win that championship, and get on to the NCAAs. You have a couple of young guys that maybe uh, ha have that opportunity uh, if, if they continue to play well or improve their play over this last, what, what do you have, like three, two, three tournaments? We have, yeah, two, two regular season events left and then conference at the end of April. Right, so so just talk a little about some of the young guys that uh, that you're happy uh, with the, some of their play and and what they need to do to maybe get better. Well, you know, as a collective group, we've kind of had you know a rough go this spring, uh, particularly coming off of the fall, that we saw a school record shot and a really good finish at the end of the fall. It kind of uh, a bit of a little bit shock and awe for at the for instance for the, fall, uh, the for the. A little bit of shock and awe <laughs> to see, sorry about that That's stumble, okay. a little bit of shock and awe uh, for what we had in the fall to what we're seeing this spring sure. for multiple reasons. Uh, but as a collective group, this team can. You know, I'm not counting them out of a, as a team victory, a team championship, an opportunity to win the Sunbelt Championship. Uh, We've got two fifth-year seniors that I feel are um, they're struggling a little bit with what's next and they need to stay here in the present. Um, we have two underclassmen playing really nicely. Uh, we saw Eli Ortego last year, freshman of the year for the Sun Belt, and, and having a good sophomore campaign. And then Milan Potgieter uh, from South Africa. He's looking, if he trends the same way, if he ends the season out like he should, he potentially could be your 2023 Sun Belt comp, uh, freshman of the year. So that'd be a nice little, yeah. nice little nucleus right there uh, forming. Uh, as for an individual standpoint, you know, any of them could potentially win the individual title for sure. And that, you, that punches your ticket straight into the NCAA regional as an individual. Um, and then don't count the team out. You know, um, we switched about five years ago to match play. Um, Georgia Southern is significantly ranked uh, as the top seed in our conference. They're a top 20 program out of 330 schools. Hmm. Uh, that's, that's pretty damn powerful. Yeah. Um, but the good thing is, is that match play, anything can happen. And so the goal and the, 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 the goal and the expectation is to get to match play. Yeah. And, and then from there, uh, it's a matter of like you and I talked earlier, how mentally tough are you? Yeah. Uh, and it, golf is such a mental game. You have to have that, that kind of level of like, all right. And, and look, I've coached a lot of baseball in my, in my time, like little kids, older kids. The, the one thing that I've, I've, I've learned is you have to have the so what – next pitch mentality because that's it's in baseball it applies to golf it really does because it, you know you swing and miss at a ball guess what you got another opportunity ba baseball and golf are very similar from a, <laughs> from a failure standpoint right, right? You, you fail a lot you fail a lot more than you than you than you succeed Correct. but we need to see more consistency sure you know and that's the the, the you can handle you know there's multiple levels of failing and winning but the inconsistency is what is troubling you know and, and that's that's what we need to get cleaned up for the conference championship we need a collective group um 
you know, th nobody needs to go. If I told the guys last week, um, you know, and they and they really bought in and, and showed some progress at the beginning uh, of Houston. If your scoring average is 75, just let's shoot 74. If your scoring average is 73, let's shoot 72. One, one shot better. Mm -hmm. Not trying to you know go out there and shoot 67s all the time. Right. Um, but but yes, I'm excited. Uh, it's been it's been a good grind. Uh, I love the grind. And I'm really, really excited to uh, to finish this season off and see this group see this group come together, and, and hopefully get a little shot in the arm from the basketball team and, and learn a little bit from them on, on how how that positive mindset and that positive energy just goes a long way. How how does uh, and if you can't talk about it, let me know because you know I'm just a journalist trying to uh, pry. But <laughs> recruiting wise, how does that work? And can are you uh, are you constantly out there looking for guys? Does the transfer portal enter into college golf? Yeah, sure. Uh, how, how does that? How do, so how how does that look for for you guys? Well, we're we're signed for 2023. Mm -hmm. You know, we 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 had an early signing in November, and we. We signed uh, two products here from Louisiana and one from Texas. Um, and then, yeah, you're con I mean, recruiting, I take one out of an old coach's book. He says, you know, recruiting's like shaving. And I said, what? <laughs> he said, yeah, recruiting is like shaving. The minute you stop, you look like a bum. So, <laughs> no picking, you're clean shaved. Yeah, so you I, don't look, look like hey, a bum. Look, but, I, I get it. Uh, I get so it. yes, not, recruiting's nonstop uh, and, and, and absolutely. Yeah, I know. It's funny you say that because that's exactly what I, I like. Man, I, I don't feel like like if I don't shave, but you know, I got the goatee kicking right yeah. now. So we're it's and it all looks good. good on you. It's good. Well, thank you, thank you, uh, Coach. When obviously uh, you've had the opportunity to kind of coach a, a, a good while, right? I mean, you've you, you you've done this, and I, I wanted to talk a little bit more about Eli and and uh, what he's been able to do, and uh, just kind of give me your impressions of him as a as a golfer, as a young man, and he, he's he's one of the guys that uh, that you can kind of see your see your program rising with, right? Yeah, Eli Eli's obviously a very talented golfer. Sure. Uh, you know, he's ranked inside the top 50 from a junior golf standpoint whenever we signed him. Um, but beyond beyond Eli's talent, um, he's just he loves golf. He, he loves to be in the office. He loves to be around his teammates. He loves to be at Oakbourne and 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 the farm. Um, he's a mature young man that he, he just wants to get better, wants to learn, wants to get better, uh, wants to win. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a contagious, contagious uh, mindset. And really have seen him and Milan kind of um, really bond together. And, and some of that was by design, knowing that they're both, you know, starters and full-time travelers. We pair, pair them up in room, for roommate standpoint to, uh, yeah, sure. for that reason, to kind of yeah. manifest that that uh, friendship that yeah. friendship yeah, that sure. competitiveness that you know that bond that work ethic um so yeah eli's you know he's a local product and it's really nice to have to have um to have a local product like that producing at a high level coach thanks so much for the time really do appreciate it always a pleasure to chat with you and uh, i look forward to the next time we get to do it again thanks for the support i appreciate it all right that's coach theo slyman the head golf coach for the university of louisiana as they get uh come to the tail end of their season but the most important part probably yes. is as the championships abound as i uh, as i like to say anyway <laughs> we're gonna be uh seeing you the next time we do this we'll do it again next week right here on inside cajun nation have a great week everybody